Good afternoon, and thank you for listening to Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. This is a 30-minute show dedicated to sharing an inside perspective of the Epicurean world here on Nantucket Island. You will hear from those voices who've helped create and represent this fascinating place. And lastly, we hope to educate on wine, healthy cooking, and the agricultural and sustainable community here on island. Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope everyone had a good wine festival weekend last weekend. During the festival, I was able to bring in one of the luminary winemakers into the studio for a quick talk. I'm a big sparkling fan, champagne, all the sparklings from around the world. And this particular winemaker really was intriguing. He is coming from the Lombardy region in Italy, from French Accorda, and his winery is called Ca del Bosco. I would love to welcome Maurizio Zanella. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to Nantucket. Ah, it's a beautiful place to be here. <laughs> I am lucky. Is this your first time? It's my first time. And what is your first... And I will be back. <laughs> yes, that's a good sign. You yes. usually know right away. What's your first impression of the island? I love uh, how it's preserved. I love uh, the, how care they take for... I am sure there are rules on the houses, on uh, a certain style, a certain architectural the fact that there are not big hotels uh, is very European. With the wine festival, that take most of my time, but I am sure is uh, something unique, beautiful, uh, not only in the summertime. It's a special place. Yeah. We all keep coming That's back. That's why we, we want to be back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about, first of all, the region where you're from. Yes. And your background and influence, why you grew into okay. the position where you are. Okay. Uh, first of all, I, I would like to shock you, telling you that uh, I don't produce sparkling wine. Uh, we produce Franciacorta. Franciacorta is uh, for sure a wine that has bubble inside, but uh, is very important uh, for the story, for the philosophy, for this uh, name that is very difficult to pronounce in America, uh, Franciacorta. Uh, but we are talking of wine. We, li- we like to call Franciacorta wine and not a sparkling. Mm-hmm. And this is not only philosophy or my point of view. Legally, by, you know, in Europe, uh, all the DOC, all the region, mm-hmm. they have rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, the law for Franciacorta forbidden to put on the label the word spumante, how you know in Europe, all the wine that have bubble inside, mandatory, they have put on the label uh, that they have sparkling inside. So in France, it's mandatory. In Italy, all the sparkling wine, mandatory, they have to the label the word spumante. Mm. In Germany, sect. So, but the aliens are two exceptions. Uh, and obviously, one is Franciacorta, and the other one is the more region east of Paris, that probably you know, uh, <laughs> where it's forbidden to put on the label the word uh, sparkling wine, spumante o musso. They are the only these two wines that they are forbidden to be called with the name of the technology way to produce it because they are considered wine mm-hmm. and not sparkling and wine. And not sparkling. So that must affect the philosophy of the production. And yes. So how does that affect? Because the rules... To do this kind of wine are the rules, uh, especially for French Accorta, are the strongest rules that are done in the world. Right. When I talk about rules, I talk about uh, grapes production quantity, uh, how to harvest. Yields, we will vineyards, go hills, yeah. vineyard, mm-hmm. time of aging, mm-hmm. time of maturing, mm-hmm. v- 
we have the longest time required in Europe to make a bottle. Mm, we are more long in than... In French than, Corta. Than, yes. Uh, so to make a bottle of our cousin, you have uh, 50 months minimum for a non-vintage, mm-hmm. and in French Corta is 18. Our reserve wine must be minimum 60 months, and uh, the vintage in uh, Champagne is uh, 36. So... That's critical. So yeah. um, the the way of thinking of Franciacorta was very uh, different, not because because we are youngest and we need to get uh, reputation from the consumer, not with the word, but with the fact. And in order to be effective, uh, we have to, like to say, build a culture. I don't believe that the wine can be a great wine only because they have rules very strong. But very strong rules help the culture of all a region to grow more fast mm-hmm. because oblige all the producer to go in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And if the direction is the one of the quality, the, the region philosophy is coming up in a faster way. That's why Franciacorta, that is only 50 years old, that is young for a quality wine region, have done a big improvement in the wine world in such a short time. Short of time. So this is, in my opinion, the point why Franciacorta have been done a nice job in the last 50 years. Franciacorta, again, to those who don't know where the area is, it's in Lombardy, which yes. is in north-central Italy, just west of Venezia. And um, We are in the center mm-hmm. of uh, Italy, of the north part of mm-hmm. Italy. More specific, uh, probably for the American consumer, everyone knows, is we are exactly between Como Lake mm-hmm. and Garda Lake. Mm-hmm. More specifically, be- between the village of Bergamo and Verona, and there is this beautiful area called Franciacorta that I will tell you the meaning mm-hmm. because a lot of people say, what, what does it mean? Franciacorta, you are, a, you, are, you are a small France because Francia is the Italian for France. And no, we are not a small France. Franciacorta became from Latin mm-hmm. where curtae, curtae means a region. Francae means without taxation. That's why in the 1200, uh, there was a lot of monk with monastery. Mm-hmm. And so they go to the king and say, we are very poor. We are not enough money to pay you tax. Mm-hmm. So please, can you avoid to pay tax in this region? So it was accepted. Mm-hmm. And so this region, Curte, was Franca. Franca is duty-free. So the meaning of Franciacorta is uh, a region with no taxation. Interesting. I love exploring different regions outside of the the well-known ones yep. and to share those with our with our audience and to, to educate people on just other great wines that are out there for them to explore. Lombardi, I know they're known for Nebbiolo and some whites. What is the terroir like and what varietals mostly come from yeah. from Lombardi before we get into more detail about French Accorta and Cad del Bosco? Lombardy is very well known, uh, in my opinion, for two regions. Uh, one is Valtellina, where is the Nebbiolo varietal that make uh, great wine. And another region that is very, is not well known, but they have a good potential, is called Oltre Popavese. Those are the two most known uh, regions. Then there are other, but very small. Franciacorta is probably one of the young but uh, is the one that have got the biggest reputation in the last 30 years 
due to the effort that is became the first region in Italy and is um, the more symbolic, uh, iconic region that right. I, I don't call it sparkling. <laughs> I know, this is great. <laughs> so uh, what is the terroir like there? Franciacorta is a hilly because the glaciers was going down because we are very close to Alp. We are 45 miles from a mountain mm-hmm. that are 4,000 meters tall. So where there are glaciers still today. But in the past, the glaciers was going down, and when it came back, it left the hills that are all stone. Mm-hmm. So it's very calcareous, mm-hmm. very hockey, very, how you say, very stony. Mm-hmm. So is a terroir where the vine make a big effort to alive. And uh, so Again, the, that the root is have to go right. very deep in mm-hmm. order to keep uh, food. And, and that's why uh, the production is very low mm-hmm. and very concentrated. Right. Another factor very important for Franciacorta is the fact that we are so close with the Alps that we have, uh, especially in summer, a very high difference between the maximum temperature, the minimum temperature. Mm-hmm. So the excursion right. is so strong that uh, give us the allowed the grapes to mature, mm-hmm. but to keep a lot of freshness and to keep the acidity that is fundamental in order to make this kind of wine that have to referment two time, mm-hmm. and you cannot do it with uh, a low acidity, and you can never make a great wine if you doesn't allow the grape to ripe. So. To make a great wine, the, the grapes have to be ripe, but ripe, but with the reserve of, a, of freshness, acidity. of acidity, mm-hmm. of minerality that can support two fermentation, one in the tank and one then in the bottle. So the, the present that God have made to us is this kind of terroir, but this kind of climate together. And this is how Franciacorta, in my opinion, is uh, one of the best terroir in the world to make this kind of wine. You're hearing Maurizio Zanella from Ca del Bosco, and this is Camille's Demi Hour, and we were talking about French Accorta, which is a very unique growing region right in Lombardy where they make some amazing wine, a.k.a. Sparkling wine, <laughs> sparkling wine. So let's hear more about the influence of art and culture in your philosophies on winemaking. Where did these influences come from and how did they affect your winemaking? Let's start uh, about 30 years ago because uh, in Italy, wine in the 70s was something very simple, was something every day, was something that each family have a friend or a farmer that make the wine. Wine in Italy until 1970 was something like a commodity, mm-hmm. was not something where the people was uh, reaching for quality because was food, was exactly like something to be alive. 40 years ago in this country, the most famous wine was a Lambrusco, mm-hmm. and there was a Lambrusco that was cost nothing, even flowered with peach or, fr- or strawberry. Mm-hmm. So was absolutely indecent, uh, the quality of the wine that was done in our country. Why? Because was like the bread. Because in the 60s in Italy, we was drinking 119 liter per chapter a year. That if you take out the young people and who doesn't drink, means that every single person was drinking every single day of the year one liter each. And this gives you an idea what wine was in Italy at this time. So 
making cattle bosco different uh, we was need to get the attention of a consumer that have more culture so we choose the sculpture because they are tri- three-dimensional like the wine i have uh, the smell the color mm-hmm. the taste the the sculpture is three-dimensional and mm-hmm. so this number three was important for us to get something from another world to get the attention of a consumer that have more attention in art mm-hmm. and say wine is not art because i always say we are not making art we are make business because a true artist make his uh, painting not because he want to make money but because they have the pleasure to do it mm-hmm. we do the wine also because is a for us is a business mm-hmm. so we have uh, and so it's not a art but we are a lot of point in common with the art mm-hmm. we have been always uh, uh, involved in the art not buying a piece in a gallery we have never bought one piece in one gallery all the pieces in Cal Bosco are a relation within the artists that know the place come was pushing by someone to make the sculpture in a certain way so we convince someone to do a gate someone to do a big marble and is uh, the sensation of the artist Mm-hmm. And this is very important for us to give us also an idea of what the beauty, the quality concept should be expressed also in the wine where we are looking most of all always for finesse and elegance. We are never looking for powerful, for strongness, for uh, strong acidity. Everyone in the wine, in our opinion, have to be a concept of uh, beauty, harmony and quality. So you collaborate with artists who come to the property, into the area, and then they create their work by their influences, their experiences there. And that's what's... So you get to see sort of how the wine or the region or the mountains, that area, how it actually affects people in all these senses and all these ways. How did you get involved with wine? What were your influences? What did your parents do? Are you from that area exactly? No, No, I am not from this area. And uh, I have no background in wine. And so it's a, a strange story. But uh, in a short word, we can say that, uh, let's say I was a, a little rebel in the 70s when there was a student revolution in Italy mm-hmm. uh, and in Europe. There was a very strong in the 68, 70 a university student. I was not in university. I was in the high school because I was 14. But I was uh, crazy rebel enough to be uh, put in exile uh-huh. from my family in this country house that they just bought to make a farm. And then when I was there, uh, by coincidence, I was uh, in love with wine. Yes, transformed. <laughs> and I have a father who was very smart enough to understand that finally I have some good interest and not negative interest. And uh, everything is start. Then I, I was very lucky to get, let's say, protection or to have a gentleman called Luigi Veronelli that is probably the father of uh, this big changing in Italy of the culture of quality wine and mm-hmm. quality food. He was a, a wine writer, but was a philosophy. Mm-hmm. was not a wine writer. He was a, a really a philosophy that was the most important uh, man in the process of this that I call uh, Italian wine renaissance with the first Sassicaia, with the first Ignanello. And I was with these people to learn in France uh, with Niccolò Incisa, with Piero Antinori, 
together to make this big renaissance, big changing right. of the wine. Because the wine in Italy until 1910 was always been a great product and great qualities. Between 1910 and 1960, mm -hmm. where we have 50 difficult years in our country economy, where the wine is became like the bread or mm -hmm. something that without these people was not was dying because they have no, nothing other to eat. And so the industry took over and make the wine always cheaper, 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 cheaper. And mm -hmm. obviously the quality was down, 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 down right. in order to give to the consumer something for every day. Is between 1910 and 1960, this 50 year that we lose a lot of tradition, mm -hmm. we lose a lot of sour fare, we lose a lot of passion because mm -hmm. The need of the market was completely different. Well, maybe your activism allowed you to see the context of what you needed to bring back more than just yeah. the wine itself. So quickly, I wanted to define the method that you use. Yeah. You highlight that word a lot in, in your literature and how you speak about the winery. The wines you make are not, like we said, they are sparkling in style. They're made with Chardonnay, Pinot um, Nero, and Pinot Bianco. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the, the actual method that you use? Yes. But obviously, we hardly believe that the grapes are the 51% in the quality scale. So technique, the seller, uh, the man is only 49. Mm -hmm. And the nature and our, I say, major shareholder... Uh, <laughs> the greater power it, of is, the ...is the fifth cent of the, the bottle. Yes. So we are working on this 51 because the 49 is our end and we can handle. In order to work on this 51, we have studied all the genetic, all the clone. So we have done big changes in the vineyard, how to do the vineyard. Then we are decide to go to organic. But uh, in effect, organic, this is my personal thinking, is uh, something that we are going back in quality, not we are going forward. We are going back in quality because we want to preserve our grain, but we are not doing better grapes. Mm -hmm. Because on 10 years, when you have, uh, let's say, three years of rain, the quality in organic is lower than the quality in conventional. So you do need intervention, like you say, experimentation. Yes, but doing organic, to... what's coming out? That we find out that the fermentation was not the same. We found out that the smell was different. Why? Because the copper interfered with the yeast. So we think, well, but we don't want to go back to the decision to be organic uh, because we have problem in fermentation. So we say, how we take out the, the copper? So we think, and we was crazy enough and conventional enough to think, well, we do what all the industry does except the wine industry because it's blaspheme. And we use water. We use water, yes. We wash the grapes. So we invented something called berry spa. So that is three big jacuzzi. The first one take out the everything that is on the skin. The copper, the stone, the sulfur. The second jacuzzi makes sanitification with citric acid. Mm -hmm. And the third is to rinse perfectly and take out everything. The so spa, you that's one, great. Is a spa is a, a facial. Is, is very bad that we are in radio, not in TV, because there is the movie of the spa that yeah. people is shocking about yeah. the fact that we treat the grapes better than a woman inside yeah. a jacuzzi. We treat it with, with the cream. And we, we so do. this is on YouTube, right? You say yeah. okay, yes, so people can look it up. Yeah, Del Bosco so, spa. It's so funny <laughs> because you see all the grapes that go to brewing. Right. 
So after five years of uh, changing, investing, uh, finally the Barry Spa was ready. And now we have not only the fact that the wine are more clean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have a fact that we don't need to use a lot of sulfites. The perfume that the wine have, they are more natural. And all the process going on in Cadel Bosco is with a lot of small detail that I don't want to, to bother you, but the most important one for sure is, for who knows the process, is the decorgement. So when you pull out the sediment, normally this is the moment more difficult in the production because to do the second fermentation inside the bottle in this process, obviously the level of S2 have to be very low in order to have to make the yeast work because if you have a high level of SO2, the yeast doesn't work and you don't have a second fermentation inside the bottle. So mm-hmm. all the wine are not protect because they have to ferment inside the bottle and the CO2 that fermentation produce is the protector of the wine against the oxygen. But when you open the bottle and you pull out the sediment after two years, four mm-hmm. years, ten years, depending on your wine. The disgorgement. The disgorgement. Just to clarify. In this exactly moment, particular moment, all the carbonic gas with the sediment get out and the oxygen get in. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment where in the liqueur, in the process, normally all the world, from champagne to cava to, they add a lot of SO2 sulfide in order to protect the wine from oxidation. From the oxygen. We patent now is 12 years ago, a special machine that is completely doing the degradation and the corking inside a kind of uh, room fill up with nitrogen that kills the man. So nitrogen saves the wine but kills the man. Uh, so it's a kind of Incredible. oxygen, oxygen yeah. gives the life to the man but kills the wine. Exactly. So in this triangle, we found a way that when the bottle is disgorged, the nitrogen get in and doesn't allow the oxygen yeah. to get it in. It seals it. It's in a protective yes. atmosphere and when so it's disgorged. Before put the liqueur and the cork, is fill up of nitrogen. And we don't put from 12 years one milligram of sulfite in our bottle. That's is another big progress that make Incredible. our wine three, four, five, six months after degorgement, they look so young, so fresh, with no oxidation, because they don't have oxidation. But this allowed our wine to mature two years, three years, four years, five years after degorgement, because the nitrogen is protecting the wine inside. So freshness. Freshness. So the wine, after one year of the development, they're fantastic. After yeah. two years, they're fantastic. I'm so sad that we are at our times up here. Thank you, Maurizio Zanella from Cadel Bosco, educating us and sharing the great stories and the true stories behind uh, French Accorta within Lombardy and wonderful wine slash sparkling. Wine with bubbles, one of the best from Italy. Thank you for being here today. A total Thank you so pleasure. Much. Thank you so much. Thank grazie, you. grazie. Thank you for listening. This is Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. Tune in every weekend, Saturday and Sunday at 12.35 p.m. Cheers. And I would like to thank my sponsor, Nantucket Culinary. Food is love. 
food is learning. Food is fun. Welcome to Nantucket Culinary. 